Father, we want more of you today, Lord. Father, we might came in with a little bit of you today, Jesus. But Father, we need a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more. Because Father, we can never get enough of you. And Father, today we pray, Lord God, that you would have your way, Lord Jesus. That you would fill us up a little bit more. Give us another piece of heaven today, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus. Have your way today, God. Oh, touch your people today, Jesus. Speak to your people today, Lord God. Encourage somebody today, Lord God. Father, today we give you the honor, Lord. We give you the praise. We give you the glory, Father. Lord, I pray that this word will go out and do exactly what you want it to do, Jesus. Father, that you would move me aside. You would speak to your people, God. And we give you the honor. We give you the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, together we all said. Come on, together we all said. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a big hand of praise this afternoon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. Praise the Lord. Come on, give the worship team a hand of praise. Amen. How many of you guys appreciate our worship team? Amen. Come on, the UTC. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Go ahead and grab your Bibles here this morning. And as you're turning there to the book of 1 Corinthians, I want to take the opportunity to, to thank Pastor Stevon and Sister Chella for this opportunity and privilege, amen, to be able to uh, share with you here this morning. Um, I don't take it lightly, amen. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor and Sister Chella. Thank you so much for the opportunity and again in the privilege. Praise the Lord. I also want to thank my wife, amen, that she's in the children's church here this morning. I want to thank her as well. Praise God. I want to thank God for my salvation. Amen. How many of you guys thank God for your salvation? How many know we got to stay grateful for our salvation? Amen. I'm very grateful for what God has done in my life, and I'm, I'm grateful that I'm able to share here this afternoon with you guys. So you're, as you're turning there to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, praise the Lord, verse 11. I want to share something with you real quick here this morning. How many of you guys remember Walt Disney? <coughs> Come on, we got any Disney lovers here? Hallelujah. It doesn't matter how old you are, amen. You can still love Walt Disney. Praise God. Some of you guys are like, I want to go to Disneyland right now, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I want to share something with you here. Walt Disney was a dreamer, amen. How you know Walt Disney was a dreamer? And his crowning vision was what he called the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, or you might know it as the Epcot Center, amen. Now, his vision was the perfect city of 200,000 or 20,000 people using all of the most modern advances of technology of that day. But there was one problem. Walt Disney died before his vision or his dream was ever realized. You see, his vision was so big and so complex, and it was so outside the box that no one else in the Disney company ever caught the vision and had no idea what to do with it after Walt was gone. What Walt Disney had intended as a living, breathing, perfect city turned out only to be an entertainment center. Disney's world would only become a place to visit. You see, Jesus left a blueprint for his church so vast, so marvelous, and so innovative. Are you with me? It was to be a living, breathing, expanding organism that would permeate and transform the world. But the problem was, as time went on, his followers lost the vision, and they couldn't wrap their minds around such a magnificent plan. Rather than a community of loving, passionate followers of Christ dedicated to demonstrating the power of the Christ-transformed life in a dark world, they began to do what they do best. That was to build buildings, 
run organizations, develop entertainment centers that would hopefully draw the crowds to hear the story but miss the transforming power of Christ. Hallelujah. So here this morning, I'm going to ask you a question. Are you guys ready? Is anybody there? That's my question this morning. Is anybody there? Or, well, I like that commercial. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Hey, Amen. you can go ahead and have your seats here this afternoon. You guys got your Bible here this morning at 1 Corinthians? I just want to kind of use that story as a, just kind of set the stage, amen. Get your Bibles with you. Are you guys there? 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 11. The Bible says that when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Somebody say, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. I know the last time I spoke, I talked about growing up, right, maturing in the Lord. And this portion of Scripture talks about just that, amen? Talks about growing up, talks about no longer being a child. And you might say, well, what does that got to do with vision? Well, you'll see later on in the message, amen? How many know that Victory Outreach, we have an international vision? Oh, come on. How many know in Victory Outreach International, we have an international vision? We have a vision. It's not just about us, amen? Victory Outreach Heart, we have a vision as well. Can I hear an Amen. And I believe that all the ministries here within this church also have a vision. Amen? But I also believe that if you're saved, you're sanctified, and you're set free, God has done a work in your life, I believe that God has even given you a vision. Are you with me? I believe that God has even given you a vision. Amen? Maybe you just got saved. Well, I'm here to let you know that God is going to give you a vision. God has got something exactly for you. Amen? He wants you to do something for the kingdom of God. It's not just to come to church and sit in the pews and raise your hands and clap and sing. That's not the vision. That's just the beginning. Woo! Do you see that? Amen. Praise the Lord. So if you see me doing karate moves, you know why. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm not getting crazy. It's just because there's a, a fly. Amen. He wants a little bit more of God. Praise the Lord. He feels the anointing up here. Amen. Thanks to the worship team. Praise the Lord. But I want to let you know that today that just having a vision or just receiving a vision from God, it's not enough. It's just not enough. Amen? I read that story about Walt Z. He received the vision, right? He had the vision. God had given him a vision, but it just wasn't enough just for him. Amen? Are you with me? You see, Victory Outreach International, we are accelerating the vision. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, accelerating. We are accelerating the vision. Or should I say, God is accelerating the vision within Victory Outreach International. Amen? We are speeding up with the move of God. Amen? We're speeding up with the move of God. We're not trying to get ahead of God. Amen? Because sometimes we, we get ahead of God, right? We think, oh, yeah, I get excited, but we tend to sometimes we get ahead of God, and then something happens. Amen? We hit that brick wall. Praise the Lord. But we are not moving ahead of God. We are accelerating with the move of God in victory outreach. Amen? All over the world. And if it's happening all over the world, you can guarantee it's going to happen right here in victory outreach out of the bay. Amen? Because we are connected to the international vision. Praise the Lord. But see, even Jesus himself accelerated the vision that God had for his life and for his ministry. Amen. If you guys remember the story there where it talks about Jesus, he was about what? I believe he was 30 years old, right? But in three and a half years, look what he was able to do with the vision that God gave him. Amen. God accelerated the vision. He was 30 years old, but all of a sudden something happened. Something happened. After all those years, something happened within the life of Jesus, and he began to accelerate the vision that God had given him for his life and for his ministry. And we're here today because of it. Amen? 
But the reason that he was able to make such a huge impact, I believe, was because he not only received that vision from God. God gave him that vision. He received it. He said, okay, I got it. But he did something that is very, very key and able to see that vision come to pass. And that was he responded. He responded to the vision. Because it's not just enough to have a vision. It's not just enough to be able to receive a vision. Because a lot of times God will give you a vision. You're like, okay, amen. And sometimes that's as far as it goes. You have to be able to respond to the vision. Look at your neighbor and say, respond. You know, maybe God has given you a vision for a ministry within the church. He wants you to do something. He wants you to spearhead a new ministry maybe. Maybe he wants you to, or even just to join an existing ministry. Maybe that's part of the vision that he has for you. Maybe he wants you to start a jail ministry. Hello. How many know we need a jail ministry? Maybe he wants to, you know, give you a food ministry. I don't mean he wants to just give you food. Amen. But he wants you to give you like a, you know, to be able to go out and give food out to the people that need food within the community. Amen. Or maybe he wants you to start a a homeless ministry. Not that he wants you to be homeless, but he wants you to go out and be able to minister to the homeless. Right. Maybe bring them food, bring them the gospel, whatever it might be. But God has given you a vision. Huh? And you might think, man, that's going to be great. This is a great vision. I love this vision. Huh? And most people have great ideas, and they have awesome intentions when they get these visions. huh? But it's sad to say that most time, those intentions are just that. They end up just as that, just as good intentions. Hmm? But I believe that we all want to make an impact. And when God gives us a vision, we all want to make an impact with that vision. We look at it, we study it, we say, man, I can really do something with this. And we want to make an impact with it. Amen? But we have to know that you don't make an impact unless you do it on purpose. Huh? Impacts don't just happen, right? You don't just happen to make an impact in somebody's life. It happens because you do it on purpose. Huh? You do it on purpose with a purpose. Somebody said this, you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. Huh? You can't build a reputation on what you're going to do. You have to actually do it. Huh? You have to do it. Abraham responded to the vision. Nehemiah responded to the vision. Moses responded to the vision. Pastor Sonny Argonzoni Sr. responded to the vision. Huh? Pastor Stephen, Sister Josie responded to the vision. Pastor Stephan and Sister Chella are responding to the vision. Huh? Now it's my turn and your turn to respond to the vision. Huh? God has given us a vision. If you're here this morning, I believe God has spoken to you. Maybe he spoke to you today. Maybe he spoke to you during the revival. How many of you guys were enjoying the revival? I believe that vision was cast during that revival. I believe that people, God gave you something. He deposited something within your life. But I'm here to let you know that it's our turn to respond to the vision. We can't just let the pastors respond to the vision. Huh? It's not just the pastors or the leaders' responsibility to respond. Because you guys got vision. God has given you guys ideas, man, and you guys are just kind of, sometimes you guys are just sitting there. Like, man, this is a good idea. It's like, well, respond. Do something about it. Hello? It's our turn to respond to the vision. But just like most things within Christianity, whenever there's a vision or whenever God wants us to do something, there's this thing, I know a lot of people in the church don't like to hear this, but it's called a process. Uh Uh-oh, see? Amen? (laughs) As soon as I said that, it's like a cuss word in the process. God, especially in the home. The home, we hate that word, right? Come on, in the home, they say, okay, brother, we're going to take you through a process. It's like you just got cut. And you hear that word process, amen? But I'm here to let you know that in order to respond to the vision, God is going to take us through a process. Huh? He's going to take us through something, amen? God is going to take us through something. But the key word there is through. 
He's not going to take us into something, because when you go into something, you kind of get stuck, right? But he's going to take us through something. He's going to take us through a process. And I'm going to let you know that my process is not your process. That, you know, your process is not Pastor Greg's process, right? Pastor Manuel's process is not Ronnie's process. Hello. All of these processes, depending on the vision that God has given us, it's going to be a little bit different, but it's going to be the same. See, a little bit different, but the same. Praise the Lord. See, so in order for us to be able to do our part in accelerating the vision of this God-birthed ministry, how many know that God birthed this ministry? Victory Outreach International is a God-birthed ministry. In order for us to be able to do our part, because how many know God has a part for us to do? Amen. We have, God has a part for us. We're part of that. I guess you would say we're a piece in the puzzle. Amen. For the vision that God has. God is putting together a puzzle, a huge puzzle. But a lot of times we don't see it, but he's putting together a huge puzzle, right? And there's different pieces that go into that puzzle, and we're a part of that. Amen. Victory Outreach Heart is a part of that, but you are a part of that puzzle as well. But in order to do that, we got to submit ourselves. There's another word. Amen. We have to be able to submit ourselves to the process that God is going to bring into our life as we respond to the vision. Are you with me? So I just want to share a couple real quick things that I believe that is a part of everybody's process to some degree or more. Amen. And the very first one, I believe, in responding to a vision, the first thing it's going to take is patience. Huh? It's going to take patience. And this is probably, I, I would say, probably one of the most difficult things to do when God gives you a vision. Right? How many guys, God has given you a vision, right? And you're like, and God says, Bam! And he puts that vision in your heart, and you like you want to take off and run the hundred meter yard dash, right? You're like, man, I can't. Yeah, you're excited. You're like, whoo! I'm gonna do this. God is giving me a vision, and you're excited, right? And somebody says, what? Gotta slow down, right? Your leader says, Amen, right? We have those leaders that are like real cool and calm. Amen, brother. Amen, sister. God is giving you a vision, but you need to slow down. And sometimes we hear that, and we're like, what? But God's giving me a vision. Right? God's giving me something. Give me, put something on my heart, and I want to do it. And that's great. That's awesome. We need to keep that excitement. Amen? Because it's going to be that excitement that's going to keep you through that process sometimes. Amen? But I'm here to let you know you've got to have patience. You have to have patience. And I'll share with you why. Amen? Because, see, a lot of times we hear the word patience, and we think, okay, I've got to stop doing I have to stop. Patience means I have to stop. No. Patience, there's nowhere, I don't think, when you look it up, you know, do it on your own time. Look it up in the dictionary. I don't think it says, patience, stop. No, it doesn't mean that. All it means is, hold up, slow down, wait a minute, right? That's all it really means. But I'm here to let you know that being patient by no means doing nothing. Huh? doesn't mean doing nothing. Just because we need to have patience when God gives us a vision doesn't mean, okay, now you need to stop doing everything because God gave you a vision, you need to just stop. No, you need to continue. Amen. We need to be active in our patience. Somebody say active in our patience. Huh? Remember Nehemiah? You guys remember the story of Nehemiah, right? God gave him a, God gave him a heavy vision, right? God gave him a heavy vision. But Nehemiah was patient, but in his patience, he was also busy. Huh? If you look there in Nehemiah chapter 2, you don't have to turn there. Verse 1, the Bible says that in the month of Nisan, in the 20th year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. And I had not been sat in his presence before. You see, now, when you begin to study the calendar, the way that their, their, their calendar was back then, and I'm not, I won't bore you with details, but it works out to be about, it was five months from the time God gave Nehemiah the vision until the time he was in the king's presence on this, in this scripture, and he began to share that vision with the, Lord, with, with the king. It was about five months. Amen. It was five months. Somebody say five months. 
between the time that he received the vision and the time that he was there with the king. And I'm sure that he was doing many things during those five months, right, after God had given him that vision. But the one thing that he did was he continued to serve where he was at. Huh? He continued to serve where he was at. He was still doing what he was always doing. Amen. I'm sure he was doing a lot of other stuff, but he still did what he was doing when God gave him the vision. Huh? He didn't stop and say, oh, i got to quit my job. No, he didn't do that. Amen. So if you get a vision, I'm not saying go, don't go around and quit your job. Amen. Because he had a very important job. Nehemiah was a very important man. Huh? Even though he was not part of the, uh, part of the people there, he, they were there in exile, right? He was there, he was, but still, he was a very important man. He was right next to the king. And you say, well, how was he right next to the king? Because he was the cupbearer. And you might think, well, cupbearer, he just stood there and held a cup? No, he wasn't a, that's not what he did. Amen. What he did was, because how many know back then, people wanted to kill the king? Kings, they might have had a lot of money, they had a lot of power, but there were a lot of people that wanted to kill the kings. There was other guys that wanted to be the king. So what they would do is sometimes they would poison the food or they would poison the drink that the king would have. So the cup's bare job was to taste it. Huh? He was like the taste tester. Hello. I don't know. I, would, I probably wouldn't want that job. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But that's what Nehemiah was. That was one of his functions. He was the cupbearer. He tested the food to make sure that it wasn't poison. So I, I dare say he was pretty close to the king. Amen. The king had to trust him because if, if he wanted to, he could say, oh, yeah, it's fine. Go for it. No problem. You know, but no, he had a very important job. So he had a lot of things that he had to do. He had a lot of responsibilities, but he didn't stop doing them. Huh? Just because God gave him a vision. He continued to serve where he was at. He didn't do, quit doing his cupbearer duties, but continued to serve the king just as before. And now you see, the place where he has us when we get the vision from God, more oftentimes than not, I believe that that is uh, uh, exactly where God wants us at that time. Because God knows everything, right? He's, he's omnipresent. He's omnipotent. He knows everything. God is, he knows exactly where we're at because a lot of times we're there because he put us there. He put us in the ministries that we're involved in for a reason. Because then when he gives you the vision, amen, that's where he's going to use that as a training ground. Come on now. He's going to use that as a training ground. He's going to be able to bring things into your life. He's going to be able to test you, amen. You're going to be able to grow where you're at. He's going to bring things into your life so that, huh, are you with me? So that you can grow, so that he can test you, Amen. So it's going to be a time of training right there where you're at. So don't stop doing what you're doing. We have to be patient and allow God to prepare us, amen, so that we will be successful in what he wants us to do. Because how many know God wants us to be successful? When he gives you and I a vision, he doesn't give you a vision and say, okay, well, I hope it all works out for you. No. He says, I'm giving you a vision because I want you to be successful because I got something I want you to do. God doesn't want to fail. Are you with me? God doesn't want to fail. God wants you to be successful. So he's going to use these areas in his, in his, where you're at to prepare you so that when you begin to step into that thing that God has given you, you're going to be successful. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to step in and trip and fall on your face. He's going to begin to prepare you and mold you and shape you. He's going to have you on the potter's wheel. Amen? Because sometimes we, we just want to step in, right? We get the vision. We want to run through the door all, already, right? And sometimes the door's not even open, and we try to run through it. Boom! Right? we're not ready we're not prepared so don't quit doing what you're doing when God speaks to your heart and God speaks to your mind he lays something on your heart just say okay Lord okay Lord I'm here where I'm at I'm doing what I'm doing then you just lead me and guide me but I'm going to stay right here and I'm going to learn I'm going to grow I'm going to go through what I got to grow through so that I can be ready so when that door opens I can step through it and not trip somebody say amen, amen. praise the Lord so first he wants to what he says be patient be patient. There's another thing that we're going to have to do. Secondly, in responding to a vision, it's going to take prayer. It's going to take prayer. That's heavy, right? That's deep, right? You're like, wow, prayer. 
It's going to take prayer, no matter what we do. Huh? No, waking up in the morning, sometimes it's going to take prayer. Right? You got to pray, Lord, get me up out of bed. Amen? Hello? Or is that just me? Right? Sometimes it's like, man, I'm telling you. But I also believe that when God gave Nehemiah the vision, not only did he continue to do the ministry that he was in at that time with the king, but he took those five months, I believe, to pray and seek God for direction and wisdom. Huh? Because if you go back to chapter 1, you'll see that Nehemiah had already been praying. Huh? Nehemiah had already been fasting. And might not have necessarily been for this. He might not even know what it was about. But he was already praying. He was already fasting. Not because God gave him a vision. Huh? Are you with me? Not because God gave him the vision, but because he lived a life supported by prayer. His whole life, he prayed. And he fasted. Because he knew, hey, God might come in, God might give me vision anytime. God wants to move in my life, right? I know this. I, I, I'm planning for this. I don't know when it's going to be. I know one day God's going to give me a vision. God's going to do something in my life. So I need to be in prayer. I need to be fasting and be ready for when it happens. Amen? But it's going to take prayer. We have to live a life supported by prayer. Not a life that says, okay, when everything hits the fan, now I need to pray. Huh? Nehemiah didn't wait, wait for anything to hit the fan. And said, okay, what? Like tripping, like, God, what? I, I, I need to go pray. No, he had already been praying. He had already been fasting. So when a guy gave him the vision, he was like, praise the Lord. He was already, bam, he was ready. You see, we need to do the work on our knees. Huh? We need to do the work on our knees so when the opportunity or that door opens us for us to move into the vision, we're ready to move. Huh? We're ready to move in through that door. See, if we don't seek God for wisdom and we don't seek God for direction, how are we going to know that if it's God or if it's the devil opening the door? Huh? Because I'm here to let you know that the devil has got a vision for you, too. Did you know that? That the devil has a vision for you, too. And his vision is not as nice as God's vision. Huh? But he'll make it look good. Right? He'll make it look real good. Because the Bible describes uh, the devil as an angel of light. Right? And I don't know about you, but if I saw an angel of light, I'd say, wow, that's beautiful. Right? Wow, that's awesome. That must be God. But if I'm not in prayer and I haven't been fasting, I haven't been seeking the Lord for direction and wisdom... I'm going to think it's him. And I'm going to, I might dive through that door, right? I might like be like, I'm jumping all in, man, bam. And then, <laughs> right? That just might happen. And it happens. It happens. Huh? But that's why we need to pray. That's why we need to seek God and say, you know what, Lord? You need to direct me. You need to make sure you give me that discernment, man. So when you open the door, I know it's you. Because if it's the devil, I'm going to slam it shut. Huh? I'm going to slam it shut. See, he's described as an angel of light, so he's going to make things look good. Hello. How many know the devil that makes things look good? But if we've been praying, we'll be able to discern the lie from the truth. Because that's what he's going to do. He's going to lie to you. The enemy's going to come in and try to lie to you and deceive you. But if we've been praying, we've been fasting, we've been seeking God, we've been on our knees doing the battle, amen? Huh? We've been doing the work on our knees. We're going to know the difference from the lie from the truth. Somebody say the truth. So not only are we going to need to have patience, right? We're going to need a little bit of patience when God gives us a vision, but we're also going to need prayer. We're also going to be able to have to know how to pray, amen? And you say, well, I'm not sure how to, you know, how to pray when, you know, when God gives me a vision. What do I, how do I pray? What do I pray for? That's where you go to your leaders, amen? You go to your disciplers, huh? That's why it's very good to have a discipler. Hello. If you don't have a discipler and God's giving you a vision, you know, you really need to come in to, next to somebody, you know, partner with somebody, maybe it's been around for a while. They know how to pray. Maybe you've seen vi their visions, you know, begin to walk out in their life, and you say, you know what, I need to connect with somebody like that. 
Because if I do, I'll know that I'll be able to walk into this vision the way God wants me to walk into this vision. That I won't just walk into it blind, amen? Because sometimes that's what we do. We walk into it blind. We just walk. We say, well, God gave me a vision, so I'm just going to go. That's not what God has called us to do. God has not called us to walk blind, amen? God has called us to walk with vision, to be able to see what we're going into, amen? So grab a hold of somebody, a brother, a sister that's been around for a while, and say, you know what, this is the vision that God gave me. But make sure you choose the person very carefully, amen? You know, if, you know if, if, make sure they've been around for a while. They, they, have a, they have a life of prayer, and you see it. You see them praying. You say, man, they're praying all the time. All right, they're, they're in connection with God, you know? So you don't want to just partner up with somebody that started coming to the church last week because you start, you start sharing a vision with them, and they're like, man, this brother's crazy, right? Because how many know sometimes the vision of God is going to be crazy, right? I don't know about you, but when God gives me a vision, I'm like, what? Okay. <laughs> Amen. So we want to make sure that we partner with somebody that's been around for a while, and we get into prayer. We learn how to pray. We learn how to seek God. We learn how to tell, you know what, God, you need to you know, direct my path. Be that light unto my path so that every step that I take is going to be in line with the vision that you've given me. That every step that I take, I'm going exactly where you want me to go. That I'm not going this way, and I'm not going that way. Amen. That I'm going exactly where you want me to go. Because if you go somewhere else, you won't end up where he wants you. Praise the Lord. So not only do we need patience, not only uh, do we need to pray, but thirdly, I believe that responding to the vision is going to take planning. Uh-oh. This is like a, an admin class, amen? Planning. Budget. You guys are all, I don't like the word. Amen? But it's all true. Praise the Lord. Bear with me, amen? Because I, I believe that, you know, God is revealing something to somebody right now. You see, in Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 6, the king said to me, what is it you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. See, he was already, like I said, he was already in prayer. He had already been prayed up. So when the king asked him, what do you want? He said, Lord, be with me. Amen. He said, okay. And then he went right to it, right? He went to go tell the king. And he said, I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let, me, let him send me to the city of Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. And then the king with the queen sitting beside him, and I, I read that, and I think, why did they mention the fact that the queen was sitting next to him when he was talking to him? Amen. And I believe there was a purpose there, amen. Because how many know that when God gives a couple of vision, a lot of times the wife says, well, what's your plan? And I believe that when, when uh, Nehemiah came to the king and said, well, king, I want you to send me to the, the city of Judah because the, the walls are broken down, I think the queen leaned over to the king and said, what's his plan? Right? What's his plan? Come on, come on now. Come on, husbands, right? Women, you know, you, you want to know what the plan is. Like, well, that sounds good, but... What's the plan? So I think the queen kind of leaned over to, to the king and says, has he got a plan? Huh? Because then what happens right after that, what does the king say? He says, well, uh, how long will your journey take? And uh, when will you get back? Right? He starts asking him questions. Basically, he's asking, well, what's your plan? What are you going to do? You think I'm just going to send you because you want to get sent? He says, no, what's your plan? How you going to, you know, when, how are you going to get there? When are you going to come back? And I believe that was, you know, by the, the queen, Amen. Because the king, you know, the king's like, oh, yeah, man, praise God. All right, man, here's some money. Take off. Go for it. But the queen was like, what's his plan? Wait, wait, wait. Hold on, bro. <laughs> what's your plan? Amen. You see, during this time of waiting patiently, amen, during this time of praying and seeking God, I believe that Nehemiah was also planning. He was also planning. Things were going through his head. He was trying to figure things out in that prayer. Because that's what a lot of, during the prayer time that I was talking about, that's where a lot of the planning is going to take place. Because God's going to be able to give you, he gives you the vision. He says, this is, this is the goal. This is where I want to take you. But during the time of prayer and patience, he's going to start laying it all out for you. He's going to start giving you the plan, amen, step by step. Praise the Lord. And I'm sure 
Nehemiah was probably thinking things like, you know, well, well what door is it going to have to open for me to be able to do this, right? What, what's the door going to look like when it opens? Or, or I think I'm going to need to take some time off of work. I think I'm going to have to do that, right? He's probably thinking about that. And he says, okay, I'm going to need some building materials. Where that, where's that going to come from, right? And he's thinking to himself, where am I going to get that stuff from? from? Uh, where am I going to live? Uh, how am I going to build my house, right? Nehemiah, I believe, put a lot of thought and a lot of planning into the vision that God had given them. Amen? See, I'm here to ask you, have you put any planning into the vision that God has given you? Huh? Have you put any planning? Have you thought about the vision that God has given you? Or are you sitting here this morning just waiting for it to happen? You say, well, you know what? God is God. God is an almighty God. God is all-powerful God. God gave me the vision that God's just going to do it. Well, I'm here to let you know you're going to be waiting a while. You'll probably be sitting here 30 years from now. Well, God gave me a vision, so I'm just waiting for the vision to come. I'm waiting for it to happen. I'm here to let you know that's not how God operates. That's not God's MO, amen? That's not his method of operation. God doesn't just make things happen like that. Can he? Sure, he can do anything he wants, but that's not what he does. And the reason why, that's a whole other Bible study, amen? But he just doesn't do that. Hello? Have you put any into your vision, or you think it's just going to happen on its own? Proverbs chapter 21, verse 5 says this, that the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. Hmm? Plans of the diligent. We've got to be diligent in our planning. When God gives us a vision, we've got to be diligent in our planning, like Nehemiah. Well, what's it going to take? What doors are going to have to open? You know, am I going to need finances? Am I going to need materials? Am I, how many people am I going to need to pull into my ministry to be able to make this happen? You know, we're going to do a street rally, and I've got I to do this, and we're going to do shaking the bay, and, you know, what other churches am I going to need to come in and help me? And, you know, how many flyers am I going to need? Whatever it is, you've got to plan. Amen? You can, but you, that happens, happens on your knees. Huh? Because we can come up with all kinds of good ideas and all kinds of things, but unless we do it here, huh? Unless we do it here? Because when we do it here, we get it from there. And then we're able to take it there. Huh? Failing to plan is planning to fail. I'm going to say that again. Failing to plan is planning to fail. Huh? I believe South Africa is exploding right now. Huh? I believe it's exploding, and I believe it's due to patience, prayer, and planning. I really, really do. Of course, the move of God, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is there. The Holy Spirit is doing a lot of the work. He's doing most of the work. The men and women are just going in line with what God wants to do. But I believe it's because of patience, prayer, and because of planning that they're seeing the explosion. They're seeing the outpouring of the Holy Spirit the way that they are. I truly believe that. You see, Pastor Sonny just doesn't do stuff. Hello. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I mean, I'm not, it's not like I got his phone number on my phone. I can call him, hey, Pastor Sonny. You know, but I believe just by watching him and the things that he does that he doesn't just do stuff, right? Pastor Sonny Sr., he don't just shoot from the hip, huh? He's not a gunslinger, amen? He might be in the spirit, right, when it comes to, you know, bam! But when it comes to doing something that, you know, God has given, a vision that God has put upon his heart, I believe that he puts patience, prayer, and a whole lot of planning, huh? I mean, South Africa, yeah, it started, I mean, it started years ago. We're just now beginning to see the vision that God had put in Pastor Steve's heart. Huh? We're just now seeing the vision begin to come to fruition because he put it in a man of God years ago because that man had patience. Huh? He had patience for me. Amen? But he had patience, and he was definitely a man of prayer. And he planned, man. 
He planned. Sometimes his plan was like, all right, I got two phone numbers and I'm out of here. That might have been his plan because probably God told him, just go. Just go. Huh? Sometimes we think the plan's got to be this big, long, drawn-out, you know, blueprint. No, sometimes God, you speak, say, okay, Lord, I'm praying, I'm asking, what's the plan? God says, take these two phone numbers, get on a plane, and go to the Philippines. That's the plan. That's what happened. That's how it happened. That's why we're in the Philippines today. The same thing. That's why we're in South Africa. God put a burden on Pastor Steve's heart. And he didn't even know what he was in prayer. And he said, South Africa, Cape Town, South Africa. He said, okay, Lord, what's the plan? He said, get some guys and go. And that was the plan. And that's what he did. But we're just now seeing the fruit. But it's a powerful fruit, man. Why? Because Pastor Sonny saw the vision as well. huh? And he began to plan. He began to pray. He began to have patience. And that's why we're able to see the explosion that we're seeing now. All over South Africa. Can I hear an amen? Come on, give Jesus a hand of praise. Amen. Huh? We want to go back into the Philippines as well. Huh? We want to go in there and help Pastor Christian and Sister Bossy. We want to be able to go back in there and be able to break open Manila. Huh? But it's not going to happen unless we have a plan. We can't just go in because we're not Pastor Steve. God is not going to give us the same plan that he gave him because he, he, was, he was who he was, and God knew that. But God is going to have to give us a plan. But when he gives us a plan, we got to be able to be ready, man. We have to be in prayer. We have to be able to be patient and say, okay, when the door's open, we're going to go because we have a plan. We know what we're going to do. We got more than two phone numbers, right, Pastor Darrell? Hallelujah. Because yeah, I don't even think those phone numbers work anymore. <laughs> Praise God. But if we're going to take this city, huh? How many know God has called us to take the city of Hayward? If we're going to take this city for Jesus, we're going to have to exercise patience, prayer, and planning. I truly believe that. Because without it, we're just going to go make a bunch of noise. There's no, and, I, and by all means, I, I don't ever down any other church, ever, because the God has put a calling upon their life. But there's a lot of churches that make a lot of noise. There's a lot of churches that make a lot of noise, but that's all it is. There's a lot of noise because there's no planning, there's no prayer, no patience. They just say, hey, they're doing it. Hey, let's do it too. And they, they, and they, but they expect to have the same outcome, to see the same results, right? We want to pack our church out. Let that work for them. Let's do that too. And they do it, but they don't get the, they don't get the same why. Because we have patience, right? We pray. And we plan, and because God has given us that anointing, amen? Because if we don't do these things, I'm here also to let you know that just because God gave you a vision, huh, doesn't mean that the devil's just going to roll over and give up. Huh? Are you with me? Because it's great to have a vision. Don't get me wrong. And it's awesome when we respond to the vision. But I'm going to let you know that if you respond to the vision, the devil's not going to roll over and say, oh, God. He's responding to the vision. I'm going to give up. That's not how it happens. I'm here to let you know. He don't give up. John 10.10 says that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen? He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy the vision that God has laid upon your heart. Did you know that? That's his purpose in his life, is to kill, steal, and destroy the vision that God has put upon your life. Amen. Whenever the enemy knows that God has a plan for his children, he's going to do whatever it takes to stop it from happening. And how many of you are children of God? We're God's children. Amen. Well, then I'm here to let you know that God's going to, the enemy's going to come against you if you begin to respond to that vision. Huh? He's going to come against you. He wants to steal your riches. Hello. He wants to kill your inheritance. How many know we have an inheritance? Huh? And he wants to destroy your vision. Joseph knew that. He experienced it. Right? He experienced the enemy coming in against him when God gave him that vision. 
right? He, God gave him the vision, the dream, right? And he began to share that. As soon as he shared that dream with his brothers, what happened? Bam! The enemy stepped in. The enemy stepped in, and he was there for a long time, right? Every time, boom, every time he thought he was, the favor of God will come in, right? The enemy will come in, boom! And kept coming against him, and kept coming against him. But he kept going forward, amen? We looked there in Joseph. As soon as he shared that dream, the enemy steps in. You see, it's not that it's getting a vision that scares the devil. The devil said, yeah, you can get all kinds of visions, man. You can, that's not a big deal to him. When you get a vision from God, he's like, ah, everybody got a vision, right? He's like, I even got a vision. Huh? It's not that that don't scare him. Just because you have a vision, the devil doesn't get scared. But as soon as you respond to the vision is when the enemy gets scared. That's when he begins to get uptight. Huh? That's what scares the devil when you begin to respond to that vision. Huh? When you begin to step into it. Huh? When you begin to open the door and begin to go for it. That's when he gets scared. That's when he starts shaking in his boots. Huh? When you and I begin to make a decision in our hearts to respond and walk into the vision that God has laid upon our hearts, that's when the enemy gets scared. That's when he, man, that's when he's like, oh, no. I can't let this happen. Huh? See, the devil's not afraid of somebody that is sitting on their vision. Huh? Because if God has given you a vision and you haven't responded to it, you're sitting on it. Right? You're sitting on the vision. But when you get up, look at your neighbor and say, get up. But when you get up and you start to walk in it, that's when he says, I'm going to take this guy out. Or I'm going to take this girl out. Because they just stood up right now. They just made a decision in their heart that they're going to step into something that God has given them. And I'm not going to let that happen. I don't want to scare you here today. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you here this morning. Huh? Don't be afraid of the devil. Just like that song we were singing. If he is for us, who can be against us? If God is for you, no devil in hell can be against you. Huh? God has given you a vision. And you've got to stand on that promise. And believe God, amen? But you got to watch out for the vision killers. Huh? you got to watch out for those vision killers. Huh? There's some things out there that will kill that vision. There's some, I'm telling you, I know. I'm not talking about this because it sounds good. Huh? Don't let anybody stop you from uh, responding to the vision. Don't let anybody stop you from responding to the vision. No matter how, no matter how crazy it might sound. Right? Because how do you know that God's vision sometimes sounds crazy? Even to you. You're like, What? You're like, God, are you tripping? What? I, when God gave me, man, I was like, you got to be tripping. Huh? When, God, when Pastor Josie came up to me and my wife one day, she actually came up and whispered to me in my ear in one service I used to, when I was a head usher. And she said, you know, I need to talk to you and your wife after service. And then she walked away, and I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> right? I'm just a head usher, and I'm like, oh, shoot. I looked at my wife, what'd you do? <laughs> right? That's what men do, right? Always look at a wife. What'd you do? Because I'm thinking, I didn't do anything. And so I was like, oh, man. You know, that's when I was like, oh, man. I just started getting all, I got to get scared. I was like, man, I'm going to get rebuked right now for something. But we went into the office after service, right? And then the whole service, I was like totally focused on that. And I wasn't even paying attention to what was going on. I'm like, I don't even remember who's speaking or what. I don't remember nothing. So I was tripping the whole time. So anyways, we get into the office, you know, and she's, you know, she's smiling. Hey, hey, come on, you know, I'm going to talk to you guys real quick. And I was like, is this how it starts? They're real nice to you. And, you know, and then they sit you down. And I'm like, man, that's, that's just wrong. If that's how it's, it's going to go down, right? 
but we get in there, and she sits us down, and she's like, you know, um, We've got some great things that are going to be happening, and, you know, Pastor Chucky's going to be going to South Africa. They want to take him from, you know, from Indonesia, and they want to send him out to South Imanchika, South Africa, and we're like, oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Praise God. And she says, you know what? But I need somebody to go to Indonesia for a year to help with the transition. And I was like, I'm thinking, yeah, well, you know, I'm thinking, she was asking me, like, what do you think? Who do you think I should send? I, you know, but that's not what she was saying, right? I thought she was asking me for my advice. You know, hello, I was, my head got all big, and I was like, me think, right? And she says, so I was just wondering, you know, would you guys be willing to go? And I was like, inside I was thinking that, right? I'm like, you got to be tripping, right? Come on, right? You you know who I am, right? You know, you remember me? I'm like, I'm like the the guy that's got the the jacket in the church is the the biggest backslider ever, right? It's like, hello. I mean, I mean, but that was me. And I was like, man. And then all of a sudden, as she was speaking, the vision began to play out in my head, right? The vision. God began to drop that vision on me. But, it, but I was just like, oh, heck no. she got to be tripping. I mean, I was pacing in my head like, oh, heck no. She just, oh, man, no way. I just, I just got a raise, man. I'm making, like, good money. My wife, man, we just, we just got new furniture, man. And I'm like, I'm tripping. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, God, are you serious, man? I'm like, right now? I'm like, this is not the time. Right? I just, man, I just got, I just bought my wife a motorcycle. I'm like, I, got, I just bought another car. I'm like, right? So all these things are going through my head. I'm thinking, this is just way too much. Right? And sometimes we do that. When God gives us a vision, we're like, you've got to be tripping. But then it was funny because we got in our car afterwards. She was like, okay, you know, pray about it, you know, and then let me know by tomorrow. <laughs> pray about it. Let me know by tomorrow. So you're saying you want me to go home and pray from now until tomorrow. And then, Okay. We're all, okay, amen, praise the Lord. Okay, Pastor Chelsea, all right, amen. We got in the car, and it was quiet, <laughs> right? And I was driving, like, I had just bought a little Volkswagen, because I like Volks, old Volkswagens. I had just bought an old Volkswagen. We're, <laughs> we're driving down the street, right, down Huntwood, and it's quiet, man. Well, not really quiet, because those cars are loud. And I'm just like, and then I, I just look at her, and she looks at me, and I'm like, is she serious? And my wife's like, I guess, and I was like, Wow, it was, you know what's heavy though was because we had just been talking about it. Pastor Daryl, do you remember you? Because you were you had just been here, because you were in the Philippines. You had just come over, and we came over with Aniva. Remember, we came over to the house to watch a movie, right? And I asked you, I was asking you questions about the mission field. Like, what's the tough? Well, you know, what's the toughest thing about being in the mission field? And you were sharing, and you know, and I was sharing. I shared with Pastor Aniva that night. I go, yeah, me and my wife were thinking, you know what? If ever God ever wants to use us, you know, we want to be ready. So we went out, we got our passports, you know, because we, we just want to be in the bullpen, just in case. You never know. You just never know. Right? And then I had just, and then after that, I shared with my wife, check this out. I go, you know, how come they never asked us to go? <laughs> not, be, not, you know, not because my head was big, because I was just, I was just thinking about, like, you know, I mean, they've had so-and-so, and so that's great, that's awesome. They did, they went, they did great things to the mission field, and I'm just, just kind of curious, what about when they never asked us? You know, we've been around for a while. I'm just kind of, that's, I'm just curious. And that, that was the end of the conversation. And then what happens? A week and a half later, I think it was an Eva. I think he was the Pastor Josie, amen. But anyways, those things go through our heads, right? We begin, to, we begin to doubt the vision of God. Huh? That's a vision killer. That'll kill the vision. Huh? But I didn't allow it to, amen. We ended up going, praise God, for a year, going, and it was like, and then it just kept going, amen. We were there for a year thinking, okay, we're going to come back, amen. And we came back, and she was like, okay, that was great, man. She said, well, you know what? I need someone to go to the Philippines for a while because Pastor Daryl and Sister, you know, Sister Gloria are going to be coming over here for a while, and they're going to get some stuff. And so we need someone to go over there and take care of the church while they're here. I was like, again, are you serious? 
I was like, all right, you know, and then it was, it, but it gets easier. It gets easier when you begin to be able to trust God and believe God that when he puts a vision in your heart that he's going to take care of you, man. He's going he's to meet the knees and do whatever he's got to do. And we answered the call again. We went. We went over to the Philippines again. We came back. It was, you know, but I'm just here to let you know, don't let anybody, especially yourself, kill the vision. Huh? Praise the Lord. Don't let anybody kill the vision. He might even use the ones that are closest to you. Huh? The ones that you think are going to support you when you share that vision. You're like, oh, I can't wait to tell my family, man. You're going to look at me so excited, right? God, give me this vision. And you get home and you begin to share your vision with you, right, with them, and they kill it. You're like, what? Are you crazy? Don't you know who you are? Do you not remember the things that you did? Huh? And I'm talking about the people that are closest to us sometimes, right? Our kids, or, you know, our families, our best friends, whatever, even people in the church. Not this church. But in churches, that'll happen. You tell your, you tell your friend in the church, hey, man, God, give me a vision. They're looking at you like, oh, you're tripping. And you're like, man, right? How does, you know how it makes you feel when you share that with somebody, especially if somebody that's close to you, share them something that, you know what, God, God put this on my heart, and then they shoot you down. You're like, man, that'll kill your vision. Got to watch out for vision killers, huh? Because he'll use that to distract you. He'll use that to distract you because, you know, distractions will kill your vision. You know, watch out when you share that vision. Be careful who you tell the vision to, huh? Because they say, how are you going to do that? They're going to laugh in your face, huh? especially people that are not believers. You know, sometimes we got family members that they don't follow the Lord, they're not saved, and you begin to share with them, and they're like, <laughs> you? Oh, you're tripping, right? They laugh in your face. They tell you, still, you're too old, man. Come on now. You're way too old to be going out. Nah, or you're not. Come on, man. You know how dumb you are. You ain't smart enough, right? I'm just being honest. Yeah, I've heard these things before. But I'm here to let you know that there are some of us here today that the devil has killed your vision. The devil's killed your vision. You're sitting here this morning, and you're like, you know what, man, God has put a vision in my heart, but I haven't done nothing about it. I'm just sitting on it. Maybe somebody, you know, you allowed somebody to come in and kill the vision. Maybe you were the one that killed the vision. Huh? God put it on your heart, and you doubted. You say, what? Like I did at first. You say, nah, that can't be me. Uh-uh. Uh, you might be singing here in the morning. You might be jumping, praising God, right, clapping your hands, giving God all the glory, huh? But you got a dead vision, huh? Probably because somewhere down the line, someone or some, something killed your vision. My biggest vision was my, like I said, was my past. That was my biggest vision killer, was my past. It was the things that I did. It was the first thing that the enemy threw in my face. When I began to get excited about the, when I finally began to get excited about the vision, when, you know, when she asked me that, asked me and my wife, and I began to get the vision for that, that was the first thing that came against me was my past, was the things that I used to do. The guy do you not remember the things that you did? Do you not remember what you did to your family? Do you not remember how your family hated you? How your daughters couldn't stand you? Do you not remember that? Aren't you that same person? But that's when I had to tell him, No. I'm not that same person, man. That's not me. Huh? Praise the Lord for... <clears throat> you see, every time God would show me something, the enemy would throw the past in my face. Every single time. <clears throat> and I would back down. I would back away from the vision. I'd be like, oh, man. I didn't, I, I didn't want to associate with something that was so, you know... So up here, and I was like, I felt, because the enemy made me feel like I was down here. Huh? I would back up, 
I would stop, or I would go backwards. Because God used to would give me, would show me things for a lot of years. After I got saved, I came out of the home, God would show me things, but he always bring up my past every single time. So I'm here to let you know, don't let your past hold you back. Don't let your past hold you back from your future. Hear me today. Don't let your past hold you back from your future. Huh? Your past can, if you let it, it will catapult you into your destiny. Huh? You got to let your past catapult you forward. Huh? It's going to be that. That's what they say. What? They overcame by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. There's power. There's power in your past if you, if you allow it to have that kind of power. Sometimes we let it have that other kind of power. Huh? We, let it, we let it have that power to hold us back. But it has the power to catapult you into your future. Because you're able to throw it in the devil's face and say, yeah, that's what I used to do. That used to be me. But now I got God in my life. Come on. Now I'm saved, sanctified. I got the blood of Jesus. Huh? That's not me no more. It's because of that that that's where I'm going. Huh? Don't let your past hold you back from your future. Don't let it hold you back from the vision that God has given you. Huh? Let it catapult you into your future. God's vision for my life and for your life is not just for us to just have a vision and say, wow, that's a great vision. No, it's for us to complement the vision for this ministry. Huh? You say, well, what do you mean? It's like, well, if you're here this morning or you're part of our church, you're part of our ministry, or even if you're a newcomer and you say, hey, you know what? I want to be part of this. This is great. This is, I love the vision that this church has. Well, you're here not by accident. You're here on purpose. Huh? God has given you this divine appointment to be within this ministry. And if you come into this ministry and God has given you a vision while you're here, that vision is for you to help complement the international vision, which is the vision that God gave Pastor Sonny. That's what we're a part of. Huh? So it's not just about, oh, well, you know, God has given me this little vision. No, it's to complement the big vision. It's to complement the big vision of the ministry. To be able to see this vision accelerate, you guys got to respond to the vision that God has given you. If you don't respond to the vision God has given you, how is that vision going to help the main vision? Huh? How? That's how the vision is going to accelerate, is when we begin to respond. Not when Pastor Sonny begins to respond. He's already responding. He's waiting for us. He's saying, come on, man. God has given you a vision. Respond to the vision. Let's do this together. Huh? That's how the vision is going to be accelerated. So it's not just for you. The vision is not just for you. See, God is accelerating the vision. We need to lace up our boots, and we need to start responding to the call. Huh? As AJ comes, amen? We need to begin to lace up our boots. Because how many know that we're part of an army? We're part of an army. God has called us into the army of victory outreach. This is the army of the Lord. We're, you know, we've heard different people come, different visitors have come, and they, and they know what we do. They see what we do. And they say, you know, you guys are like the arms, man, of the body. You guys reach out. You guys go into those dark places, man, where nobody else wants to go, right? Hello? That's, that's our anointing. That's where we go. God has given us the vision to do that. Amen? But we got to be able to lace up our boots because it's going to take an army to be able to go into the enemy's camp and to take back what the devil's stolen. Amen? To go into those neighborhoods and to grab those people, huh, where you used to be. Some of you guys were in those neighborhoods. And what? Somebody went into that neighborhood and pulled you out because they came and preached the gospel to you. They shared the love of Christ with you. Huh? Because God gave them a vision. They said, you know what? I'm going to go out to the streets and I'm going to take this gospel. I'm going to take what God has given me and I'm going to take it right back out there. I'm going to pull them treasures out of darkness. Because if they never would have answered that call, if they, never, if they were there sitting on that vision, you might not be here today. And God is putting that same call and that same vision in your heart. Whatever it might be. 
And you say, well, what does that opening scripture got to do with vision? Quit being a kid and, you know, grow up. Well, I'm here to let you know that if we're going to answer the call, we're going to answer the vision, we got to forget about all those childish things that we used to, we used to have in our lives, man. How you know we come into the Christianity, we get saved, of course. That's, we're supposed to be like that. We're supposed to have those childish ways and, you know, those, those youthful ways. We're supposed to have that because we just got saved. How many know that we're still babies in the Lord? But as we begin to, to take another step, we begin to take another step, huh? we begin to grow up, we begin to be a little bit taller, and then God begins to give us a vision. we got to forget about that stuff. we got to leave that stuff behind. Huh? Because how many know there's no kids in the Army? Huh? How many know there's an age limit in the Army? Praise the That's for a reason. Huh? It's the same thing in the kingdom of God. God's not going to give a vision to a baby. Not of that magnitude, huh? Of course, he'll speak to kids, he'll speak, but, it, but I'm talking about vision. I'm talking about world-changing vision, man. I'm talking about people-changing visions. I'm talking visions that are going to transform this world. The vision that Christ gave the church in the beginning was to transform this world for his honor and for his glory. But somewhere along the way, people lost the vision. Oh, no, there's churches all over the world, of course. The vision is still out there but not in the magnitude that Jesus wanted, huh? Not everybody's going out and reaching souls. There's still places that the, the, the gospel's never been preached. There's still people that never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, huh? That's our job. That's why God has called us. God has called us to go to the four corners of the world and to preach the gospel, to preach the good news of Jesus Christ, huh? But he's waiting for us. It's time for us, heart of the bay, huh, to put away the things of our youth, to rise up and respond to the call. Rise up, respond to the vision that God Almighty has for you. Huh? But again, there's no doubt there's going to be walls. There's no doubt there's going to be obstacles that are going to rise up against us. Huh? But if God be for us, who could be against us? God be for us, who could be against us? See, it's not up to us to devise the plan of how it will happen. It's simply for us, huh? It's simply up to us to lay hold of God's vision for our lives, for this church, for this community, and for the world. And to have faith that God will provide every means to do whatever he leads us to do. Whatever it is that God is calling us to do, I believe that God is going to give us the means. God is going to open up the door. Like, how many know we're doing shaking the bay? We're doing shotgun. And maybe you're, you know, hey, give the Lord a hand of praise for that. Maybe you're new in the ministry and you're like, well, I don't know what that is. Well, that's just something that God has anointed us for. Is to do these dramas to be able to reach souls, to be able to reach the gang member, the drug addict, the pimp, the prostitute, the ones that are out there hurting, the down and outer. But I'm here to let you know that if God be for us, nobody can be against us. Huh? You might say it's going to cost how much? Pfft, you're tripping. I'm here to let you know that God is going to provide. God is going to provide. Huh? God is going to open the doors. I believe people are going to give us stuff, and we, we, you know, we think we're going to have to spend all kinds of money on certain things. I believe God is going to open the door, and he's going to bless us. Huh? God is going to open the doors. He's going to make a way. But I also believe God is going to use his people. Huh? And you're God's people. I'm God's people. God is going to use us. Huh? And you say, well, God's going to provide the means. We're the means. You and I are the means. We're the vessels that God is going to use. Huh? It might be financially. It might be physically. Huh? Put our hands to the plow. But God is going to provide the means. Pastor Steve used to always say, it's in the house. It's here. It's all in the house. Everything that we need to fulfill the vision that God has for this ministry is right here in these pews. It's you and me. But we got to respond. So this afternoon, I'm here to let you know that God is looking for responders. He's not looking for receivers. 
Everybody can be receivers. Huh? It's not like football, you know. Some guys can't be receivers, you know. But in the, in the kingdom, everybody can receive. Everybody can catch it from God, right? We can grab it. Ooh, thanks, Lord. Huh? But he's looking for responders. He's looking for the ones that are going to answer. Huh? He's the one that's saying, is anybody there? Are you going to respond? He's saying, can you hear me now? Are you going to respond? Huh? Some of you guys have a heavy vision on your heart right now. You've had it for a while. And you haven't even shared it with anybody. You kind of just kept it to yourself. And it's okay. You know, sometimes we, you know, we get overwhelmed. Like, man, that's a lot. But I'm here to let you know, God wants you to respond. And today might be the day that in your response, something's going to shift in your life. Or something might shift in your family's life. Something's going to shift. Something's going to happen. But only if you respond. He's looking for men and women to respond to his call to accelerate the vision. He's looking for young people. He's looking for more mature people. Huh? He's looking. He's searching. The Bible says, to and fro. Huh? He's looking here this morning, Victor Outreach, Heart of the Bay. Who's going to respond? I want you to stand with me here this afternoon. Go ahead and lift your hands and bow your heads here with me this afternoon. Father, in the name of Jesus. God has given many, many visions. God is speaking to a lot of hearts. God has put some heavy things upon our lives. And over the years, sometimes it goes years and years and years and we never do anything. We love the idea. We love the vision that God gives us. We thank him for it. We praise him for it. We say, thank you, God, for giving me that vision. Huh? But we never respond. We never put any action or any effort behind it. And I don't know why, maybe here this one, I'm not sure why maybe you haven't, or even I haven't even responded to certain visions within our lives. Maybe it's because of fear. We're afraid. We're not sure where God is going to take us if we respond. And I understand. I get it. Because I've been there. I've been there. I st <laughs> I'm still there sometimes when God gives me a vision. It's natural. But I'm here to let you know that if God be for us, who can be against us? That if God has given you the vision, God is going to provide a way. God is going to show you how it's going to happen. He's going to give you the power. He's going to give you the wisdom. He's going to give you the direction. He's going to provide everything that you're going to need if we submit to the process. If we just have patience and we wait upon the Lord and we continue to do whatever it is he has us doing at this moment. Maybe it's a children's church. Maybe you're there and you're a teacher in children's church. If God has given you a vision, keep teaching. Maybe, you know, you're, a, you're an usher and God's given you a vision. Keep ushering. Don't stop. Stay busy for the Lord. But just have patience. That in the timing, in God's perfect timing, the right doors will open. But in that time of patience, got to stay prayed up. Got to stay in prayer. We got to stay fasting for God. We got to stay in the spirit so that when those doors begin to open, we know that it's God and not the devil. That we're, we're sensitive to the moving of the spirit. We see the opportunity when it arises. We don't just see it, but we walk into it. And that's only going to happen when we're praying. Because in the flesh, we're not going to see that stuff. And yes, we need patience. 
It's going to take prayer. We also got a plan. We got a plan. We got to put things in the order that they need to be in to be able to see things come to pass. But God is going to be the one that's going to show you. God's going to be the one that's going to direct you. God's going to be the one that's going to lead you. As long as God is the light into your path, he'll never leave you over a cliff. He'll never lead you over a cliff. He'll take you straight to the promise. He'll take you straight to the vision if we allow him, if we plan, we seek his face. So here this afternoon, maybe you've been sitting on a vision. Maybe God just gave you a vision. And you say, you know what? Today's my day. This is my time. I want to respond. I want to respond to the vision that God has given me. I don't want to sit on it anymore, or I want, to be, I want to begin to run with this thing the way that God wants me to run with it. I want to be able to answer the call because I want to see this, this vision accelerate in my life and for this ministry. I want to see the power of God manifested within my life, and I want to be part of this overall vision of what God has for this world in this ministry. If that's you, I'm going to open up the altars right now. I want you just to come here because I want to pray with you this afternoon. I'm all over this place. Just begin to come to the altar.